0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Live from the Fox News Radio Studios in New York City, fresh off the set of Fox & Friends, it's America's receptive voice. Brian Kilmeade.
2: Welcome back, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show. We've had a long week. It's been a good week. Uh, Admiral James Stravitas, uh, if you want to find out what's going on in the world and where we're heading as a country, depending on what administration's in charge, he's the former Supreme Allied Commander. He'll be with us. And then Dagan McDowell uh, makes sense of the economy. We did not have a a jobless numbers. Jobless claims went up slightly yesterday. We're going to talk a little bit about business and uh, the country. She was also on the five this week. Uh, We'll talk about all that. The president will be seen today. We have not seen much of him. He will be delivering remarks on prescription drug prices. He's got a way to get him down. I read it. It's pretty cool. And he also is expected to take part in a virtual APEC summit. The question is, it's unclear whether he's actually going to take place in the virtual G20. I hope he does. It's hosted by Saudi Arabia. I think he's got to play a role in that, especially if he thinks he really has a shot at being president still. Why wouldn't he? I don't know why it's unclear, but I'll just go with what I'm reading. Uh, So let's get to the big
1: three now with the stories you need to know it's Brian's big three number three
3: it's really incredible we have two
1: vaccines
3: that are 95% efficacious that are safe and that appear to work in elderly we're going to have tens of millions of doses by the end of the year and this is really the light at the end of the tunnel.
2: Admiral Brett Girard talking about, wow, the cavalry is coming. Uh, The FDA approval could be within our show, meaning help is on the way. The military is ready to go. UPS and FedEx are going to help. Meanwhile, parents and kids, businesses and owners and workers worry. Is their state and their city, is their town going to shut them down? Also, gyms. Well, I believe staying open and living life is the only way to fight the China plague.
1: Number two.
4: But I think Joe Biden is right to say we should all make an effort to listen to the other side. But when you have a current president whose entire style is to fan division, that's hard while he's on the stage.
2: Uh, it's not really his style. It's called fighting back. Uh, Barack Obama will continue to be 3,000 feet above everybody else coming together, he says. President Obama says Joe Biden is bringing people together. Really? When? Uh, Where? All I've seen is this radical, demanding, defiant squad and left-wing demands and unrest. Good luck with that.
5: Number one. Joe Biden is in the lead because of the fraudulent ballots, the illegal ballots that were produced and that were allowed to be used after the election was over. Give us an opportunity to prove it in court, and we will. Still
2: fighting. The Trump team lays out their opening argument to overturn election results, but the problem is they only have two weeks max to come up with a closing one, and there is a long way to go. And just to put it simply, where they are battling the Trump team, Georgia. They finally finished their second audit. They lost 1,000 votes, about roughly. Joe Biden lost 1,000 votes, but they still trail by under 13,000, about twelve. And then you have Michigan, hundreds of thousands. They have two delegates who are supposed to certify, decided they they taught too much bad action to certify. So they're going to come visit the White House today. And then you have Wisconsin where the president's asking for a recount there. And he just, you know, the president's also under the belief that just there's something going on here. And in researching it, uh, Rudy Giuliani in a press conference that went on way too long. That was ill prepared. The presentation was terrible. If the substance is there, that's fine. But what you got to do, and he knows this, he's been doing this since the 80s, you come out, make it simple for the non-lawyer, hit us with four or five bullet points, move. You have another lawyer, Sidney uh, Powell, came up after that. She was crisp. And then you had uh, Jenna uh, Her name, uh, Jenna Ellis, who used to be on here a lot, now is working with the president. But I would love to see Jay Sekulow. I would love to see Pat Cipollone. Uh, those are the lawyers that have been so effective for the president. We'll see if they can put something together. Here's a little of Rudy, cut one.
5: We cannot let this happen to us. We cannot allow these crooks, because that's what they are, to steal an election from the American people. They elected Donald Trump. They didn't elect Joe Biden. Joe Biden is in the lead because of the fraudulent ballots, the illegal ballots that were produced and that were allowed to be used after the election. Was over. Give us an opportunity to prove it in court, and we will.
2: Well, you gotta. And if you don't, quick, it's done. And I just don't don't love the rhetoric thrown out without proof. To me, you don't call this unless you have proof. And I'm a guy that really wanted to see Donald Trump win. No question we'd be better off as a country. No question, if you ask me. We're seeing it with warp speed now. We're seeing it with the economy uh, starting to catch on fire again. And once Warp Speed comes in, look out. We're going to blow up uh, everything. You see now what terrible leaders, Democrats are in the big cities from Illinois, Chicago, uh, to, uh, to Portland, Oregon, to uh, New York City, Manhattan. And then we have this terrible governor, an awful mayor. That's, that's the leadership we're going to be stuck with with Joe Biden. But you can't have a press conference and not give me some facts. So here's Sidney Powell. Cut three.
6: One of its most characteristic features is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden, which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system. And that's what caused them to have to shut down in the states they shut down in.
2: All right, we just need the proof on that. She's got nothing but credibility with me, which she's did for Michael Flynn is fantastic, even though he's still hung up. But Ronna McDaniel backed that up. She's not saying the president won, but she did say this about Michigan, cut none.
7: Michigan, actually, we just had the board of canvassers meet in Detroit. And 71% of the precincts in Detroit did not reconcile. So what does that mean? The poll book said this many absentee ballots went out in Detroit, 100, but 200 came back. How does that happen in 71% of the precincts? So the two Republicans on the board said, we're not going to certify the election.
2: And they won and were invited to the White House. They're going today. So the president's digging in, not done. Uh, meanwhile, Sidney Powell came out and made those allegations against Dominion Voting Systems, and they came out with a statement afterwards. They also said that she, that uh, Cuba and Venezuela, uh, are part of uh, the cabal stopping the president from winning. Dominion Voting System says this: the latest flood of absurdities is deeply concerning, not just for Dominion but for all dedicated. Uh, for, for our dedicated state and local partners and the electoral process on a whole. Dominion is plainly a non-partisan American company with no ties to Venezuela or Cuba. Vote counts are conducted by county-by-county by, county by election officials, not by Dominion or any other election technology company. Our systems support tabulation by those officials alone. Our voting systems are designed and certified by the U.S. government. Now, we I told you about people having a problem with Dominion. I told you that Texas walked away from it. I told you that Amy Klobuchar, Senator Warner, and... Uh, uh, Senator Peters of Michigan, all said, had problems in 2019. They brought up, well, why are we using this system? So I'm not saying I'm an election computer algorithm expert, but to throw that out and not have backup is, to me, an issue and puts the president out there. And if you're telling the president that he actually won and I'm about to have a press conference to show you, he's got to be let down today, although reports from Axios say that he was happy with it. Uh, and also, if you're going to dye your hair... Uh, have a professional do it, especially if you know you're going to be sweating. Here is to what Tucker Carlson brought up, and he's hardly a Democratic apologist. Cut five.
8: So we invited Sidney Powell on the show. We would have given her the whole hour. We would have given her the entire week, actually, and listened quietly the whole time at rapt attention. That's a big story. But she never sent us any evidence, despite a lot of requests, polite requests. Not a paid. When we kept pressing, she got angry and told us to stop contacting her. When we checked with others around the Trump campaign, people in positions of authority, they told us Powell has never given them any evidence either, nor did she provide any today at the press conference. Powell did say that electronic voting is dangerous, and she's right. We're with her there. But she never demonstrated that a single actual vote was moved illegitimately by software from one candidate to another, not one. So why are we telling you this? We're telling you this because it's true. And in the end, that's all that matters, the truth. It's our only hope, it's our best defense. And it's how we're different from them. We care what's true. And we know you care too. That's why we told you.
2: All right. So, you know, Tucker and Sidney Pell aren't fighting, but they clearly got on each other's nerves. Uh, I guess she was on Friday, uh, with Maria this morning on the Business Channel, and she was mad at Tucker and said Tucker was rude. Tucker just wants the facts. I, I, I totally agree with him. I missed that part of his show last night. But now when it comes to the facts, you have facts. The vaccine is ready. The vaccine could be approved sometime within our show. The vaccine, you're going to see images of it flying around the country. I can't wait. I know there's going to be challenges. You need two shots, and only 58% of the country said they'll do it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. That would fly in the face of everything I've been talking about for the last eight months, telling me how many people to have over at Thanksgiving, telling me not to have a Christmas telling me I can't go to the gym and I I have to sit a certain uh, situation, if I'm going to have a beer, I got to eat. I'm not going to tell you to take the vaccine, but I will say I can't wait to take it, and I will take it, and I do believe in the process. And I don't believe it was rushed. I believe it was pushed forward in a very respectable, laudable, historic way. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Admiral James Stravitas. We're going to unwind what's happening in Afghanistan. Also, what it could mean for a pullout of 2,000 troops from Iraq and some of our challenges with the increase of nuclear weapons or nuclear program with Iran. This is the Brian
9: Kilmeade Show. We'll take some phone calls, too. Don't move.
1: It's Brian Kilmeade.
9: Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List
1: breaking news, unique opinions. Hear it all on The Brian Kilmeade Show.
10: Candidly, I'm more worried now than I was about the situation in 2001 for the following reasons. First of all, there appears to be a deliberate effort to slow up the transition and not to begin the process of clearing people or giving presidential briefings. Additionally, Donald Trump is now firing many of the senior experienced security officials in his own government. Which means that we will be lowering our defenses at precisely the, the moment that our adversaries, whether they be nation states or terrorists, recognize that there's a vulnerability. So, this is really playing recklessly with the safety and security of the American people.
2: Uh, there, there you go. This is that a worry for Admiral James Travitas, the 16th Supreme Allied Commander, author of Sailing True North? Admiral, do you echo those concerns?
10: I do. Um, I think that was Secretary Chertoff, correct? Yep. And he is um, hes a pretty stable, centrist kind of individual, and he's really concerned, and I am too. And just to put it in perspective, uh, President Trump fired the Secretary of Defense, the Undersecretary of Defense for policy. That's like the COO, the operations officer. He fired the under Secretary of Defence for Intelligence and also got rid of the chief of staff to the Secretary of Defense. Brian, those are four of the top six jobs in the Pentagon. And the people he's put into those jobs, uh it would be charitable to say they have uh thin resumes for the job. They just don't have the experience or the background to suddenly go in and operate at that level. So yes, I am very concerned and I think Secretary Chertoff laid it out pretty
2: well. Um, Admiral, i got to bring you to what we're doing in Afghanistan. 2,000 out of Iraq and Afghanistan, roughly. And a big story today is uh, people are really getting nervous over there. And a lot of people are happy that we're pulling out. Joe Biden says he wants to totally pull out. But we see that uh, Joe Biden said he wants to withdraw all troops from Afghanistan during his first term, he says. Uh, yeah. Because we're not doing airstrike, fighters have mounted a large-scale offensive in the Helmand province. Siege major highways, surrounded government bases since February. They've conducted 13,000 attacks nationwide. That government is under siege.
10: They are. And we ought to recognize, first of all, Brian, that we've already pulled out 95% of the troops. In other words, when I commanded that mission, it's a NATO mission. As Supreme Allied Commander in NATO, there were... <clears throat> 150,000 troops there. So now we're down to about 5,000 US, 5,000 allied troops. Most of those troops came home on the Obama watch. The rest came home on the Trump watch, giving both credit. Now, um, that remaining tranche of troops is what provides, you mentioned the fighters. It also helps with the uh, training. It helps with the intelligence, the logistics. It's kind of the back office. We are not taking significant casualties because our troops aren't on the front lines. The Afghans are doing the fighting. It's a good arrangement, and we are down to uh, negotiating a peace agreement with uh, Ambassador Zal Khalizade, former ambassador to Afghanistan and Afghan-American. We have a chance at landing this thing with a peace deal, but pulling out the last tranche of troops precipitously is not going to help us. And I think uh, President-elect Biden has it about right, which is by the end of four years from now, yeah, we should have a peace deal and we should be able to get those last few troops out. Now is not the time to do it, in my view.
2: Admiral, they've, uh, the Iranians are increasing their nuclear program, and that's all but been confirmed by the IAEA. They say they're moving it around. They're not creating new ones. I find that hard to believe. But if the intelligence bears out, are you against the president taking a shot before he's out of there?
10: I am, uh, simply because it it would just inject a massive bolt of chaos into this already extremely chaotic transition. And it would, uh, in fact, trigger real responses back, probably directed against our embassies around the world. Um, we don't need that right now with 60 days left. What we do need is to think through what are we going to do the new administration about Iran. And I would argue, do not jump immediately back into the old uh, and I think flawed nuclear deal. But instead, don't go to Tehran, go to Brussels and get lined up with our European allies, then go to the Iranians and say, look, let's construct a new agreement. We can do it on the bones of the old one, but we have got to get uh, your behavior modified on ballistic missile activity right. and on terrorist activity,
2: Admiral You know it's never going to work. You know that <laughs> they they get still going. I mean, it took you like five years to come up with that bad program. They're not going to come up with it now. I mean, especially after the, you have a new administration come in and reverse it, they got to say that. So, I mean, I mean, we've been trying this since 1979.
10: The question would be, what is different now? Yes, I agree with that. Two things are different now. One is COVID has knocked the stuffing out of the Iranians. They're having almost as big a challenge as we are here in the United States, and they are probably significantly underreporting. And then secondly, their economy is in tatters because of the maximum pressure campaign of the Trump administration. So I would argue it's worth at least trying, seeing if we can get a better deal.
2: I have a real quick thing. China's blaming now Italy for starting the virus. They blamed Spain earlier. Now, I am so disappointed in our so-called allies in the region going into a trade deal with China. Why are they going to a trade deal with China? They just poisoned 180 countries and never owned up to it.
9: His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing
0: out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share.
10: On this one, this what you're talking about, of course, is the Regional Cooperative Economic Partnership, RCEP, which brings together virtually all of our allies with China. The problem uh, is they have to trade with China. Their economies need it. Um, But here's what the United States failed to do. We walked away from the Trans-Pacific Partnership four years ago. Um, I think we can recover this. But yes, China has taken a step ahead of us, and we should be uh, annoyed with our allies and asking them, why are you doing this in the middle of Uh, this moment particularly coming off the back of the pandemic i agree with you
2: admiral uh have they approached you about joining the biden administration if they take over
10: (laughs) um brian that's a good question for you to ask the biden transition team i'll leave it at that
2: (laughs) oh wow i'm gonna i'm gonna probably do that 1-800 joe biden see if he picks up uh admiral thanks so much (laughs) have a great thanksgiving
10: okay brian talk soon thanks
2: a lot bye you got it uh back with Dagan McDowell on your calls in just a moment. You listen to the Brian Kilmeade Show on a Friday and I'll be honest with you. I thought about it. You should not turn this off ever.
0: Get this and all your favorite Fox News podcasts ad-free on Apple Podcasts with Fox News Podcasts Plus. Just go to foxnewspodcasts.com for all the details. The fastest
1: three hours in radio. You're with Brian Kilmeade.
4: But I think Joe Biden... Is right to say that we should all make an effort to do our best to lower the temperature and listen to the other side but I think when you have a current president who uh, whose entire uh, style is to fan division mm-hmm. that's hard while he's on the stage
2: yeah that is uh, president Obama who relentlessly criticizes uh, his successor, unlike George Bush, unlike Bill Clinton, unlike just about everybody in our lifetimes, that's exactly what's going on. Uh, Dagan McDowell joins us. If you're smart enough to get Fox Nation, you could see she's actually in studio, but she's at least six feet away. She wanted to be further away, but I couldn't take down a wall in this brief period of time. You see uh, Dagan all over the channel and on Fox Business. Dagan, welcome back. Hey,
11: good to see you. So
2: isn't that a unifying force? He says, uh, Barack Obama says that Joe Biden's been a unifying force so far. Have Have you noticed
11: that? I, I said this on the five the other day, President Obama is terrible at humping his own book. If he's talking, if he's talking about President Trump constantly, how's he selling this like volume one of 50 that he's written about his time in the White House? 29
2: hours of audio book,
11: 29 hours. He, so one thing that, that, irks me personally is the fear that went on during the Biden-Harris campaign about the vaccine, particularly from Kamala Harris. We've got two vaccines that will probably be approved in December, millions of doses no, today, going out. Well, if
2: the application goes out today, why can't we hear today?
11: They have to review the data, the efficacy and the safety data. Now, they're a lot of politicians, particularly on the left, get this wrong. All of these vaccine trials have independent data and safety monitoring boards that look at the data as it comes to make sure that they're safe. We, we could. I think it'll be early December before they start ship, before the, the vaccine gets to people. But Biden and Harris frightened people and fomented distrust in this vaccine simply because President Trump is in the White House. Kamala Harris did it over and over again. And people on the left, the Democrats, anybody who cares about the health and safety and wellness of not just the American people, but also our economy and our livelihoods, they need to get out there and with force and vigor start talking about people need to take this vaccine. They, they sounded like some of them anti-vaxxers during the presidential campaign. And maybe that kind of fear-mongering helped them win an right. election, but it could kill people.
2: Uh, well, Cuomo's the worst at that worst period. Don't get me started uh, but, on him. But so I want to talk about the unifying force. That is Barack Obama creating Joe Biden. Listen to how he's brought the Democrats together. Listen to how unified they are. This is Elon Omar yesterday, cut 15.
12: Some of the leaders within the Democratic Party or even some of our colleagues who are um, freshmen, talk about us getting back to basics. Saying, you know, the squad, Alex, Ilhan, Rashida, all of you have to stop talking about everything you talk about because we need to get back to basics. So I was confused because I thought, what is more basic than fighting for clean water? What is more basic than fighting for a breathable planet? What is more basic than trying to make sure we get health care for people?
9: You're a
2: witness, Joe. Uh, go ahead. That's That sounds so unifying. Uh, Democrats. He's called that Democrats.
11: Because, well, I, I sometimes think that these members of the squad just say outrageous things just for the attention. Um, it's like exposing yourself on Instagram and showing your body parts that you wouldn't even show your own mother. That's the equivalent of it. The, the Democrats... One, like if they kept their seats or picked up seats, it was despite what these individuals have been talking about. The, the Medicare for All was getting rid of Medicare as we know it and outlawing private health insurance. Our nation, talk to anybody who works in the oil industry. The reason that in texas that the republicans did so well is because the green new deal scared the bejesus and the transitioning away from the oil industry comment from joe biden scared oil field workers so much and yes many of them latino because those are good paying jobs and they were simply frightened that those jobs would go away so please continue with this far left radical agenda because it's hurting you why i suspect like nancy pelosi is going to have the slimmest majority since what the turn of the last century
2: yeah before world war one uh 1919 they said so a couple of things number one If I'm Kevin McCarthy, I'm renting the stage and the microphone for them. The more they talk, the more chance he has of being speaker. Here's more from those dead squad. They sound so unified, right? Barack Obama cut 19.
12: I don't want anybody here to think that we're not winning. Because let me tell you something, we're winning. It's working. It's happening. That's what our next move is. It's to make sure that the Biden administration keeps its promise. We know that we don't just make that demand and walk away. We have to organize for it. (laughs) We have to bring the heat for it. I urge you all to continue raising this issue because we hear you, we are here with you, and we stand by you. We're gonna make sure that the Biden administration sticks to our timeline, is moving towards our timeline. And so I ask all of you, do not move from the needle, do not. We are more than them.
2: Great. And by the way, they're talking about them are Democrats, right? And that's Talib, who can not have a rational thought. Who the more she talks, the more crazy she sounds. Remember, she's the one we're going to impeach him, whatever. And remember the crazy scene when he was a candidate, Donald Trump. This, this is what Joe Biden's got to deal with. He unleashed this.
11: But he actually benefits from what happened in the congressional elections because the American people turned against this rhetoric, this narrative from the left. Here's some of the stats that were laid out in the Wall Street Journal recently. The Democrats lost a couple of seats in South Florida. They lost seats in at least California. They failed to pick up any seats in Texas, Ohio, or Florida. And there were some 26 seats that um, that Democrats Democrats at least so more than two dozen that they won with 52 percent of the vote or less despite having a massive fundraising yeah, advantage they are killing their party and because of their ego and arrogance they actually don't care
2: andrew garbarino whatever he's got a 16 point lead they haven't declared him the winner i'm not sure he's going to replace peter king and they hold that seat and lee zeldin's up by 17 so they were at 205 now they're going to end up with 210 because they could end up with two ten. That means Nancy Pelosi. If if the if the Republicans are smart enough to take both those seats or one of those seats, and then Pelosi's only got four or five votes to play with, this is a brand new ball game. We might actually this is what I mm-hmm. think is going to benefit the country. Do you you follow sports? Uh, duh. Who are you talking to? Of course I do. Okay. <laughs> there's nothing better in sports. The thing that fuels sports radio or trades. And, you know, you go, oh, how could you give up that quarterback for a third-round pick? He's 33 years old. How could you possibly uh, go for, you know, give up these draft picks? Why are you tearing this? this What we're going to get to, maybe out of necessity— is we're going to be debating policy out of compromise. We're going to be talking about Social Security reform, and you're going to be saying, well, this is what's bad the Republicans did, this is what's bad what Democrats did. We're going to talk about immigration reform. This is what the Republicans got, this is what the Democrats got. They got killed on that deal. They got they got the best of that deal. That's going to be what could be fueling our network now. I could be living in a bubble, but they might not have a choice because you can't get anything done because you can't get your, obviously, your own party to agree to anything, let alone the Republican Party. So you're going to have to give the Republicans some of what they want. Uh, maybe McConnell's got to give the president, uh, if it is President Biden, if it's not, if it is President Biden, maybe give in a little in order to get this.
11: I'd be excited to see that. But Nancy Pelosi failed. I mean, and this hurt the Democrats in the election, too. Just failed to negotiate a stimulus deal, and if they had gotten something done, again she said no to what one trillion, and then one and a half trillion, and then one point eight trillion. She said no to all of that, so uh, I don't know where we go from here. Because quite frankly, the economy with but, jobless but claims, know, clip- but,
2: but you know who wants it? A lot of Democrats do. Yep. Yeah. So if the Democrats want it and they say, listen, uh, I want this. I told you I want this. Well, Abigail
11: Spanberger gave him a mouthful about yeah. that and defund the police and the green agenda, Harding I mean, and, I and so many others.
2: Now defunct or deposed Max Rose was one leading this, this so-called moderate charge to say, we want you to write a check, even though it's on deficit spending. Write a check to the American people, the dry cleaning forced out of business, the car dealership that's no longer in there, the deli, the small restaurant. Mm-hmm. They're all dying. Again, they're pretending like they're not locking us down, but they I, are. Can
11: I give Karen Bass, the head of the Congressional Black Caucus, Congresswoman, some credit because she said in the summer, "Defund the police," worst slogan ever, and she told them stop. Basically, she in so many words said stop saying it, right. and it hurt them everywhere across the country. And
2: I love the fact that no one ever said defund the police. Bernie Sanders said, "Really, you're the one, the woman you're mentoring, AOC." To fund the police. We have a lot of tape. Here's Dan Crenshaw, a future superstar. Well, actually, his time is now uh, (laughs) in Republicans. Cut 20.
3: Look, Joe Biden has to, has to deal with a simple fact. He invited all these socialists to his little dinner party. He made Kamala Harris, she's the most liberal senator in the Senate, made her the, his, his VP pick. And he can't be surprised when they got a little drunk on power and now they have a very loud voice, which is exactly what's happening. They're not incorrect when they say that they're winning within the Democrat Party. Now, I don't think they're winning over America. Because we need to remember something. Uh, Republicans took back almost a dozen seats uh, in the House, and uh, we should be pretty happy about that. I think Democrat platform and policy was largely rejected this time. And this is what you get when you put socialism on the agenda.
11: Can you
2: can you tell him he's wrong about any of that?
11: No, I would never tell Dan Crenshaw that he's wrong. It's about too anything. too cool. Yes, he's cool. He
2: He's, he's super cool. Right. <laughs> I, I wonder what's next for him. Because a Senate seat, I mean, maybe, but you got to think that, I I mean, if the president doesn't run in 2024, why wouldn't he? He Especially if he gets into the majority in 2022 and starts heading up a committee.
11: Why not? Charisma and common sense. That's kind of a knockout one-two punch. That's how I
2: describe myself. Am I wrong?
11: Some days, maybe, <laughs> maybe that would apply.
2: One eight six six four zero eight seven six six nine. We're gonna come back with a little bit more. Dagan's gonna stick around. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
1: Educating, entertaining, enlightening. You're with Brian
0: Kilmeade. Living the Bream is a podcast hosted by Fox News Channel's Shannon Bream, sharing inspirational stories, personal anecdotes, and an insider's perspective on actions and rulings from the high court. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. America's listening to Fox News. The talk show that's getting you talking. You're with Brian
1: Kilmeade.
9: Rudy Giuliani's hair dye started to run down his face.
13: Why is he dyeing his hair at this point? Like, is that spray
9: on brown hair
2: making anybody out there think, wow, what's Rudy Giuliani now? What is he,
6: 25,
2: 26? It uh, It was a theme on every single monologue. James Corden just now. As soon as you saw the brown hair dye going down the cheeks, Dagan McDowell, what are you thinking?
11: What what are these unfunny people going to do when President Trump's not in office? I, I think know. it's, I think everybody watching was like, oh, well, that's kind of a that's that's unfortunate that that was happening, but President. I don't know if I should say this. I'm not speaking for President Trump, but he is a master showman, and he was he's great at producing television as he did before he ascended to the highest office in the land. And I can't imagine that he was watching that and was impressed with the performance. that's it's too long. that's something that yeah. you, that doesn't happen. It's just, again, anything that happens that's a distraction from the message is never good.
2: Oh, uh, absolutely. You just don't – yeah, you don't want people saying something like – that's why it would bother me so much in the vice presidential debate when they kept focusing on the fly. I'm like, mm-hmm. Pence won. He came and he knocked right. it out of the park. But what did everyone talk about? Oh, the fly mm-hmm. of this – so that is, that is indeed the issue. So the president is fighting in mm-hmm. Arizona. He is fighting in Michigan. He is fighting in Georgia. Now, Georgia, they just did a recount. They picked up, the president picked up about 1,000 votes, but he's still 12,000 out. At what point? They say December 6th is the day that everybody's got to get rid of all their challenges. And they say December. Uh, December 14th is yes. when electors have to officially cast their votes. Do you right. believe the president's going to be fighting up until then, denying the transition up until then?
11: Well, what we're a little more than two and a half weeks since the election. It was five weeks in the Florida fight between Gore and Bush. So we've still got a ways to go based on that timeline, number one. Number two, and Kim Strassel, who I just worship, in the Wall Street Journal today, writes about uh, Republicans should not take the runoffs in January, uh, the for granted, and their majority in the Senate. And I do think there needs to be an incredible amount of focus on what's going on in Georgia and not just money but effort to make sure that the republicans maintain control of the senate i've said this i hope the democrats send in jane fonda you know hanoi jane people of age remember that number one but also that what the giggle giggle got uh, covid is god's gift to the left do you remember that so and she actually laughed at it so please i hope all the left wing names from Hollywood and from up in the Northeast go into Georgia and try and lecture Georgians about what's good for them and what Georgians need. I, I think that turn off a
2: lot of people. We know that Mike Marco Rubio has been there. Tom Cotton's been there. The vice president's going to be there. And we know Senator Kelly Leffler told me today on Fox and Friends, the president called her and they've been in constant contact about winning Georgia. It matters to him. But the question is running against Raphael Warnock, is they going to bring it up? That he says you can't mil- you can't worship the military and God he said that people should apologize for their whiteness, those people who vote for Donald Trump. I am not sure how that resonates, and also his ment- the guy who mentored him is jeremiah Wright here's what Lindsey Graham worries about. He said what he's seen up close in Georgia better be fixed by January 5th or mm-hmm. both Republicans are going to lose. Here's why. They go into a room on the mail-in ballots. Only one person decides if that verification is, is uh, going to go forward. That ballot's going to go forward by the uh, signing verification. Listen.
14: THEY HAD A 3.5% REJECTION RATE IN THE LAST ELECTION. YOU KNOW WHAT THE BALLOT REJECTION RATE FOR SIGNATURES WAS IN THIS ELECTION? Mm 0.3%. WELL, FOUR TIMES MORE BALLOT ballots. Something's rotten in Denmark. Here's what's happened. They've entered into a consent decree. The secretary of state did with Stacey Abrams. That's really polluted the database that you would compare a signature to. They failed to take people off the roads, roles that are not eligible to vote. He got conned into signing a consent decree. That's bad for Georgia's election system. So
2: how Brian Kemp and the attorney general, who's a Republican, got bullied by Stacey Abrams. This person sits there and decides it should be a Republican and Democrat. If they if they don't change it, we're going to get the same controversial result, I believe.
11: They've got to step up and change it. I totally agree with you. I there's so many problems. And the votes that were found, the uncounted ballots that were found. Twenty seven hundred and twenty six hundred county. It was human error. Really? Okay, that's what they were blaming, is that the ballots ballots weren't, the information wasn't uploaded.
2: So, yeah, I mean, the the ramifications on this is amazing, but it's still November. You can't wear out these people. I understand you don't want to miss a moment, but uh, Carl Rove is in charge of raising money for both those seats. And he said, I'll tell you right now, we will be outraised. Because that's how much money he notices coming from the other side. And Stacey Abrams but, said there's been six hundred thousand requests for absentee ballots. Six hundred thousand. Where are these people?
11: But remember, Amy, you know Amy McGrath and Jamie Harrison in two states essentially set fire to two hundred million dollars. John Ossoff, his nickname is the Human Cash Incinerator, because the money that poured into the congressional race, what was in twenty seventeen. And it it just, essentially, it's a tire fire. So money doesn't, in in Democrat politics, they have shown, as they do in government, that they don't know how to spend money Are you on the 5 today? No, I'm on Outnumbered today.
2: Outnumbered. She'll be on at 12. Look for Dagan. She'll be playing herself on television. It's always exciting. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for listening, everyone. Keep it here. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Go to briankilmeadeshow.com. Listen wherever you are
0: new from the fox news podcasts network
6: my name is kennedy and welcome to my podcast which will i humbly say single-handedly save the world you're
0: welcome it's kennedy saves the world subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com live from the fox news radio studios in new york city
1: fresh off the set of fox and friends it's america's receptive voice Brian Kilmeade,
2: thanks so much for listening, everybody. Coming to you from New York, heard around the country, heard around the world. This is the Brian Kilmeade show. Tom Kirsting's going to be with us in a little while. We definitely need him. He's a he's a real he's a family therapist. Works in different schools across the country. He's going to talk about the tolls that kids are paying because they can't go to school consistently. There's uh, and the new rules that they have to live by. And now they're told if they're in New York, if they're in certain cities, go home. We'll tell you when you can come back to school, even though statistically there's no reason for him to leave, and ironically, going home might be more dangerous. But they stopped them from going to school beginning on Wednesday with almost no notice. In California, it's the same deal. Even in Michigan, they let him go at least to eighth grade. But what about the toll those kids are, uh, are going through and the, and the price that they are paying? Geraldo Rivera in studio. I've not seen Geraldo or anybody in quite some time. There's very few people here. And Geraldo Salo. so people can prove I have an in-studio guest. Uh this this is me and
13: it's been six months and it's so eerie to be back in the building and to see you. You seem
2: exactly the same as you were <laughs> when I left you. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's go to the big three.
1: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's big three.
3: Number three. It's really incredible. We have two vaccines that are 95% efficacious, that are safe, and that appear to work in elderly, we're going to have tens of millions of doses by the end of the year. And this is really the light at the end of the tunnel.
9: And I
2: want to see it approved. COVID-19 vaccine, FDA approved. Could it come now? Meaning help is on the way. The cavalry is coming. Meanwhile, parents and kids, business owners and, work, and workers worry. Is this... Uh, Is their state, is their city, is their town going to shut them down again? Well, I believe staying open, living life is the only way to fight through this China plague.
6: Number two.
4: But I think Joe Biden is right to say we should all make an effort to listen to the other side. But when you have a current president whose entire style is to fan division... That's hard while he's on the stage.
2: Exactly. That is to that is Donald Trump's slogan. I fan division coming together. President Trump says Joe Biden is bringing people together. Really, President Obama is he doing that? All I see is a radical left demanding a defiant squad, demanding everything from Joe Biden because he delivered the pre- because they delivered the presidency.
14: Number one.
5: Joe Biden is in the lead because of the fraudulent ballots, the illegal ballots that were produced and that were allowed to be used after the election was over. Give us an opportunity to prove it in court, and we will.
2: Okay, still fighting. The Trump team lays out their opening argument to overturn the election results. But the problem is they have two weeks to max to come up with a closing one, and there's a long way to go. With me right now, uh, a former lawyer, outstanding reporter, maybe the best in the world, uh, Geraldo Rivera. Geraldo. I am not a former lawyer. You never gave it a—you have to renew it all the time, right? You have to renew it every two years. And so far they. Keep but then, renew- when you become
13: emeritus, you just keep it. You don't have to continue to do your continuing legal education. They assume there's the wisdom of old. Where village.
2: are you at right now? Do you keep renewing it? Oh, I am emeritus,
13: so okay. I am a permanently licensed New York attorney. Okay, good. And admitted to the Supreme Court bar. Wow, fantastic!
2: So, do you watch a two-hour? Presser uh, then, yesterday, will
13: char- I, I
2: will charge you for this con- I know. consultation. I, I know, I always get an <laughs> invoice at the end, and now I'm so glad it's it's direct deposit. I can use I, PayPal.
13: I, I miss you. You're so you're so charismatic. You're so <laughs> bullion. You've done so much with this show. I'm so proud to be your friend and to watch you. And you were here from day one with the show. from day From day one, I think you had like uh, no station uh,
2: <laughs> station in
13: Topeka, maybe.
2: Right, but <laughs> now we're on your your favorite station. Nothing w- got anything
13: wrong about Topeka to
2: because we love Kansas. Loves Fox. Love by James, the way. Kansas. Kansas loves Fox. Yeah, it? Steve Bisi. And, and now we're on WABC uh, in New York. How's that going? It's going good. How do you think it's going, Allison? We're on WABC now, right? It's going good. Give it a little ID. I, yeah. I love that station. 77 WABC, and you can get it on the stream. But, uh, yeah, we, we love coming on. But enough uh, about us. But, but, Geraldo, what did you see yesterday? Did, I, I didn't see any evidence yesterday. I saw allegations coming forward, if proven true, would be devastating to our electoral system and give the president a win. But what's the next step? You're too good a person to
13: look at that event with Rudy Giuliani and uh, Sidney Powell yesterday with anything other than just sincere, uh, you know, reporting and you play it straight, I look at it and, and because I'm old and I don't care anymore about what people think about my opinions, I have to tell you I was I was embarrassed by that presentation. I remember Rudy Giuliani when he was the best uh, prosecutor on earth, sharp as a tack, a, a man who went after bad guys and you know rolled them up. Uh, and then as mayor crime fighting mayor and what he did to bring the city back america's mayor from 911 and so forth and then uh, see that thing last night uh, to watch them and they they this it here and fraud there and the uh, you know the elephants voted and the dead people voted twice and uh, you know and that's the opening argument that you having an open uh, opening argument 2 weeks after the election as states are certifying their results, come. This is a stop with this burlesque. This is destroying the the very. Vibrant, vital legacy of Donald Trump, the forty-fifth president. What he did was to to re- get these trade deals, uh, this uh, these peace treaties, the economy to resurrect the you know integrate the economy and minorities getting jobs like never before, and to get Operation Warp Speed to have all these vaccines now within a year, and and we have everything to be so proud of. And he lost a tight race, and it's too bad, and our hearts are broken. But to go on with this burlesque. Uh, conspiracy theory, Hugo Chavez, and uh, Clinton Foundation, and George Soros, and uh, what's next, uh, Elvis and the Tooth Fairy. It's, it's, it's appallingly embarrassing. We have to give it up, and I wish the president would listen to me. Uh, you know, it is uh, enough already. You don't make opening arguments two weeks after an election and expect people to take you seriously.
2: I hear you, and the thing is I was extremely disappointed because I feel the president's being let down. And that's just it when you trust somebody. And, for example, if you called up the president and said, hey, I'm president. I picked up fraud in four different states, and I, I would love to lead your legal team. He'd probably say, yeah. And then if you went up and did it and you just were just – it would act like a pundit rather than a lawyer, you have totally let him down because he trusted you. And Sidney Powell, I know nothing except for good things about her. Here's a little of what she said, but I had to wait 45 minutes for her to speak. If you go up there, Aldo – Rudy's been doing this since the eighties. Quick bullet points. Bomb boom boom. This is what I'm pursuing. This is WHAT my concern is. Now here's SYDNEY Powell. Here's Jenna Ellis. Boom, boom, boom. Let me know. You can't leave those reporters out there with a with an easel and a and and a piece of particle board. But here's Sydney Powell. Cut three.
6: One of its most characteristic features is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden, which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system, and that's what caused them to have to shut down in the states they shut down in. And he's
2: talking about the Dominion software. I should intru- introduce
13: this How, better. I don't know what the hell she's talking about, the Dominion software. Did she check the algorithm? What were computer scientists did she consult with to say that the algorithm was broken in some states? It's such malarkey, and I'm being kind about it. I All I know about Cindy Powell is that she did a good job with General Flynn who was totally screwed and I hope is totally pardoned by uh, Donald Trump before he leaves office. So I'm, I'm sure she's well-motivated. But this is crazy time. This is absolutely crazy time. Everything is a fraud, fraud. There's fraud here, fraud here, algorithm here, and this, and the communists are involved, and this and that and the other thing, and they, yet they dropped the lawsuit in Michigan. They dropped the lawsuit in Pennsylvania. Uh, you know, if you can't go to a court and say... There's fraud in this election, Your Honor. So the judge says, Yeah, where's the proof? Well, Your Honor, you've got to get the people together and the FBI, and uh, that's not the job of the court, it's not there to be a referee on your musings about whether an election was legit or illegit. You've got to come with specific proof. Here's the evidence. Here's the case. This is the cause of action. Here's my presentation. Then there's a defendant. Who's the defendant here? The defendant responds. The judge and jury listen, and they make a, a an adjudication. Not this. Uh, the Hugo Chavez, really? You know, I I, I said uh, on the uh, who's five, been but, dead.
2: He used to lead Venezuela. Yeah, well.
13: he, he died in 2013. But I met him in 2002 when uh, the, he was a, a military guy who had a coup, and he, he, then he was popularly elected. But he's the, he's the father of communism in Venezuela. Yeah. He, he tore down what was a very prosperous, middle-class country and made it a beggar Terrible nature. person. A terrible person. But he could not make the red lights work in Caracas. He has to import, or his legacy, his heirs have to import gasoline, even though Venezuela is the richest petroleum country in terms of its deposit on Earth. They still have to import gasoline from Iran. To think that Venezuela is our new boogeyman is so embarrassing. It's so insulting. You know, it's a, it's it's we it's like they're smoking dope. It's the, it is preposterous and embarrassing to the president's legacy. I, I want to – he's done so much, and he can run again. He re, the, the one thing he, he did, aside from everything else, he remade the Republican Party. He did. He created a new political force on earth, a force of working people allied with other intellectuals and th- others to, to represent in a multicultural, integrated way the aspirations of the American people. And he did that. He took the elite snobby Steve Schmidt dopes from uh, what that psycho group. Uh, what do they call themselves? Uh, the, uh, the oh, the, the Lincoln Project. Yeah, the Lincoln Project. <laughs> you know, he he, Trump did some great stuff, and he is really tarnishing his legacy by insisting on this and this nutty stuff.
2: Absolutely, Geraldo uh, Rivera not on board with the presentation yesterday unless they come with some uh, more evidence. Meanwhile. Bringing up uh, Operation Warp Speed, it's definitely noted that Operation Warp Speed is producing a vaccine that could possibly save the world, and we could have two, maybe three. Johnson & Johnson's on the precipice, too. Mark Tyson brought that up on Special Report last night, Cut 28
3: operation warp speed is quite literally the greatest public health achievement of modern times to plan and distribute for the for the development and distribution of a vaccine for a novel virus in a matter of months literally by by next year we're going to have this thing distributed so all the at risk people are, are are vaccinated and most of the country can be vaccinated within within months Uh, from now. That is an unprecedented achievement. If we had known this information and had been able to present this to the American people this way, we'd have a very different election result.
2: If it came out two weeks ago, and I think upon further review, Harald, are you going to tell me that they would not have had this the same results from the test before the election? Don't you think there's something to that? I think it's
13: awful. They had to know. The guy at Pfizer had to know the people at Moderna, they had to know. The bureaucrats at the F- FDA, they had to know. It is absolutely if you're looking for a conspiracy, the 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 conspiracy to deny Donald Trump credit for this fabulous development is, I think, evidence of the kind of hatred like Fauci. Like I have nothing against Anthony Fauci. But Anthony Fauci three weeks ago was Mr. Grim and Doom. He was, uh, you know, maybe well, hey, we'll have a vaccine, maybe, uh, you know, twenty twenty two, maybe it'll be. But but finally, maybe sometime. And then two weeks later, it's wow, well, that's his great and it's a uh, fabulous. Calvary's and coming. And we, yeah, his and, word is the Calvary's
2: coming. And it's uh, I, if I was Donald
13: Trump, I would be very angry.
2: When we come back. Opening up the schools in New York City, they're shut down. Uh, They're shut down in California. Uh, What about you and your town? It could be coming. After all, the cases are rising in all 50 states. When we come back, Geraldo Rivera weighs in on the rant that Governor Cuomo insincerely bestowed on two reporters. One Wall Street Journal, one New York Times.
1: You're with Brian Kilmeade.
0: From the Fox News Podcasts Network,
4: I'm Ben Domenech, publisher of the Federalist, and I'm inviting you to join a new conversation with the smartest thinkers out there about the country and where we're going. Subscribe to the Ben Domenech podcast.
0: Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. He's so busy he'll make
1: your head spin. It's Brian Kilmeade.
4: What are you talking about?
9: You're
0: now going to override.
9: We did it already. That's the law. An orange zone and a red zone. Follow the facts. I'm still confused. Well, then you're confused. I'm confused. And then I'll tell you what you mean.
13: Still, parents are still
4: confused as well. The schools no, they're not
0: confused. Tomorrow. You're confused.
4: No, I think but parents are very confused as well.
0: Read the law and you won't be confused. Schools
4: are open by state law. Will they be able to tomorrow? That's the question. I, I think Jimmy's correct
13: in, in asking that question. I don't think it's obnoxious at all. Well, I don't really care what you think. Geraldo? So hey. amateur. You know, it's so, who, who cares about these clashing egos? It's like the Gavin Newsom. They should, they should have like a, a mixed martial art kind of contest. Well, what if
2: you were in that room?
13: I, I and you know I would side right. with the reporters absolutely. Andrew Cuomo's way out of line, and he, not only that, he had this facts wrong because they closed the damn school, uh, you know, an hour after that press conference, and and, and they set loose on the city, the, the crippled city, uh, one point one million school children. Who's going to feed them? Where are they going to get lunch today? You know, who's going to take care of them when the uh, the single mother has a job and she's got three kids in public school? Give him, that- him two hours.
2: Give him two hours. Geraldo, Geraldo, they say one—I was reading the, the story. They say one in every eight households in New York City has an addiction, someone addicted to some type of substance or something in that house. They're going back to that house. They talked about how these kids need these lunches and these the, the stability in that house. They talked about the millions of kids that are now all of a sudden have to go remote learning. There's a third that don't even have Chromebooks, don't have laptops. They don't and, have Wi-Fi. Yeah, and they say this, for the high school kids— they say 1 million more kids will drop out of school due to remote learning. So these are people that usually write things that it's pro-De Blasio or pro-Democrat. They, this is a disaster. And the numbers, If they say it's all because of the teachers' unions.
13: I I believe that that is true. I, I, I should say that I, I assume that that's true because it sounds true to me. I don't know. I've never – I have not factually connected the teachers' union with the schools being closed. But it does seem to me – that Dr. Redfield yesterday was very very clear the safest place for children K through 12 is physically in the school building he said it unequivocally he said it several times he's not an ideologue he's not a yes man he's a he's a you know a very temperate CDC guy uh, he said it as explicitly as you could ever hope the safest place for school children K-12 through 12, is in school. So what the hell are they doing out of school today? Who is being protected when they're going to get hit by cars or subways or uh, the, the junkie father or uh, uh, the, uh, the overworked mother or the boiling pot on the – I think that it's, it's – it, politics has become so distasteful uh, in this country. And, and when you see Cuomo in that attitude – and even Gavin Newsom going to parties, are that elite, uh, you know, that snobby thing. You know, this is the best we could do. And on the other hand, they are so scornful of Trump because of his personal style or whatever it is or the missteps he's made or his uh, inartful way of saying some things. They're after him. He's had real accomplishments. He's really done Stuff, the, not the least of which. That's why I'm only half joking when I say that the vaccine should be called the Trump. It should be called the Trump. Yeah. I got you get your Trump. I got my Trump.
2: Yeah, now give yeah but him. you know, 50% of the country won't want it then. Yeah, <laughs> you know, That's the problem. That's
13: their problem. They right. Get it in the other arm, call it whatever they want. Right. But I'm. Will you take it? Of course. I'll be first in line. I'll be second. And, and, yeah. and we need two shots, though. All right? Well, We've we'll, got to be two so lines. I'll be first and third. You'll be second and fourth. It's great to see you, Raldo. We actually look younger.
9: <laughs> and
2: we come back. Tom Kursing's on the damage that school kids are going through now because of the shutdowns.
0: From the Fox News Podcasts Network, download and listen to the Untold Story with Martha McCallum, the host of the Story on Fox News Channel, sits down with major newsmakers each week to get their untold story. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com.
1: Information you want, truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
9: I'm here to say clearly, the data strongly supports that K through 12 schools as well as institutes of higher learning, really are not where we're having our challenges. And it would be counterproductive from my point of view, from a public health point of view, just in containing the epidemic, if there was an emotional response to say, let's close the schools.
2: Uh, There is a let's close the schools and there is outrage. And I don't know if anybody said, are you a Democrat or Republican or who you voted for? That's called my kid needs to be in school. And because the virus is going up, they quickly say, everyone back to your bunker. Thomas Kirsting is a family therapist, author of Disconnected, How to Protect Your Kids Against the Harmful Effects of Device Dependency, and he's an expert uh, with kids in schools. And Thomas, welcome back. Hey, Brian. How you doing? Thanks for having me. So uh, this is a brand new question that's happened over the last year. When kids don't go to school, what price do they pay, and what about the decision to go against CDC regulations, for example, in New York and in California, and just send kids home?
15: Well, let me tell you something, Brian. The price they pay is this. They fall back academically. We know that. But as far as me as a psychotherapist, I'm I'm, I'm really concerned about the social and emotional development because kids need to be with other kids face-to-face. That's how you learn. That's how you develop the skills that it could be necessary to communicate with other people, to cope with life's adversities, and to make it in the real world. Now, why you know these these elected officials would would uh, swiftly close down schools is be, is beyond my imagination. It's, I, I mean perhaps it's a control issue. I mean you look at you know Gavin Newsom, you know out in California shuts down the schools, but you know he's fortunate enough where he has a child that can go to a private school. Yep. And um, you know, that's hypocrisy.
2: Why is it that the Catholic schools are open? Why is it the private schools are open? What is the calculus there, Thomas?
15: Well, the only thing I can think of is, I mean, you know, gyms are open, uh, restaurants and bars and so forth, right? Um, perhaps these people are making their decisions. We know for, you know, we know that Gavin Newsom is one of them. You know, his kid gets to go to school, others don't. And here's another, here's another issue here, Brian, that, that nobody's really talked about. New York City alone has 114,000 homeless children, many of whom live in shelters and and temporary housing, and they lack the Wi-Fi capability, the tablets, the physical space to learn. So, once again, here we are, the, the less fortunate are the ones that are going to be holding the leaky bag.
2: Yeah, uh, and they're the ones who might not have the Chromebook. Uh, they might not have the family structure. Uh, we know that in a lot of these adverse or lower working class situations that get supplemental incomes, they, they, they their solace is school, and their great meal is school. And people say, well, I want to protect them and their carriers. They could be going home. We get it. Life is full of risk. This is not worth the risk. And I was also, there's another theory. The private schools don't exist if people don't go. So therefore, if if people want to go to your school, you better open or you're going to lose that student. They have options. So now they're working to stay open for the students that are paying. Yeah, exactly, exactly,
15: and it's crazy. And, and another thing here that I'd like to talk about is, um, you know, you know, the book you just mentioned that I wrote, I've been you know, lecturing on that topic about technology and, and everything it's been doing to kids for so many years in terms of anxiety disorders, depression, the suicide rate. Now, all right, check this out. Now, big tech has a tighter grip on the minds of our young kids because they're going to be, in, in New York City as an example, those that, 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 that can are going to be sitting there staring at a screen all day, okay, and what I've seen in my private counseling practice, talking to a lot of middle school and high school kids uh, over the last few months, is that their phones are next to them while they're doing their online schooling. And like every five or ten seconds, they're getting distracted by a social media alert. Good point. And they're dividing their attention between the teacher trying to teach and their devices. So now here, here we have big tech that's kind of controlling everything you know, in our society right now has now got its grip on our kids. That's what really bothers me.
2: Here is an outraged parent cut yesterday in New York City, cut 31.
12: We got the PPE and we got the ventilation and we got the testing for once since March. Our kids were able to go to school every day, get a little bit of life back, get their friends back and get their learning back.
2: And now they're not. And they said it was because the hospitals are overrun and they're going to come back and get grandma sick. The hospitals are not overrun in New York.
15: No, exactly. And, you know, talking about grandma well, sick. So, you know, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. My parents are in their seventies. We're going to have a small little gathering. My dad isn't in the greatest of health, so we made the decision. We're just not going to go see my parents. We told my dad, you know, let's we could skip Thanksgiving. I mean, they live ten minutes away. We see them all the time. That's just making a prudent decision. And I think, you know, all of us, and, and here's the problem I have with a lot of these decisions made by the higher ups, is that it's almost like you know they're looking at society saying, you know what, you're not smart enough. To make your own oh, decisions, I so know. we have to make them for you.
2: And look at these guys; aren't smart enough to do anything. They're still getting paid. There's no sacrifice—zero sacrifice. In fact, the governor was giving himself a raise. Do you believe this? Here's Rashawn. Yeah, mm-hmm. Rashawn Suwani, founder of the Girls uh, uh, Who Code, uh, talks about the risk that's taking place now. Cut thirty.
12: We risk losing an entire generation to the pandemic, not because they got sick, not because our hospitals were at capacity because our leaders and our legislators couldn't find a way to keep the schools open or give them high-speed Internet or a device. And that is outrageous. And I am ashamed. Shut the bars down. Close the restaurants. Close the gyms. Ban indoor dining. But do not close the school.
2: Right, now I have a news for you. Leave them all open and deal with it with the regulations and protocols in Long Island. Uh, they didn't set a three percent infection rate. They have a nine percent infection rate, uh, a seven day average of nine percent. If they hit that, then it's going to be maybe shut down some schools. They already shut down all sports. Why twenty miles away is a three percent? They say it's about the teachers' unions.
15: Yeah, well, if that you know that there, there may be some truth to that, Brian. You know, I I, I actually worked in education for twenty five years. I retired recently. Uh, to focus exclusively on my private practice. And, um, you know, I have talked to some colleague friends of mine, and, you know, they say it's pretty awful right now, you know, going back and forth with the with the online learning and so forth. But the problem is that the teachers' union, I believe, is the biggest union in, in the entire country. I think there's, what is it, 3 million uh, individuals or something? Mm-hmm. I might be wrong on those numbers. But there's a lot of power there, and they wield a lot of that. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to believe that most teachers are good, but, you know, once people get, you know, get indoctrinated into this union mindset, You know, sometimes what occurs is it becomes more about that than about the children. And teachers, I truly believe, you know, the majority of teachers are there for the kids. But you have the small handful, you know, some of the leaders among them that are, um, you know, that are kind of like wielding their swords. And and at the end of the day, it's really impacting our kids. And hence now we have this, uh, you know, New York City school closure.
2: But, Thomas, you could be a great teacher, right? You could be 27 years old and three years into your job. You're not going to buck your union. They're not looking for your voice. Now, if you are 70 years old coming off cancer okay. surgery, I think I would do a fundraiser to make sure you still get paid and, and let some younger take over until the pandemic is over. If you are going through something that makes you vulnerable, I don't want a teacher getting paid and I don't want their career hurt. We, there's got to be some things they could handle. the, uh, Maybe they could do primarily online learning with the kids that can't go back for whatever reason. But uh, let them do their own thing. Here's Elise (laughs) uh, uh, Elise Stefanik. She talked about what the New York is going through right now. Cut 34.
7: I come from a state we currently have the worst governor in America. Governor Cuomo, unfortunately, made fatal decisions early on, causing the loss of tens of thousands of lives as seniors in our nursing homes. And he is taking absolutely the wrong approach. He also is not applying the rules to, to himself. So Governor Cuomo has attended private events without wearing masks, without requiring socially distancing. I'm looking forward to wishing my constituents a happy Thanksgiving. People should have the freedom to make the right decisions based upon their personal health, their family situation.
2: And, Thomas, you're a psychologist, but it does make a difference. When you find out these leaders aren't doing this, you have Senator Feinstein walking around without a mask through airports and and in the halls but yelling at us. You have Governor Newsom going to a party for a rich donor in a rich restaurant without a mask on, hanging out for hours and lying about it. You got the governor and his brother walking around without a mask and and, and verbally undressing people for not doing the same thing. That matters when you can't see the modeling.
15: That's right. Don't forget about Nancy Pelosi getting her hair cut when yeah. the salons were closed and nobody else was allowed to go, right? Um, and, yeah, with that woman's clip right there, my grandmother is in one of those nursing homes in ha- Haverstraw, New York, one of those Cuomo nursing homes. And th- she's 96 years old, and guess, and a lot of people die there. Thankfully, she actually, she, she had COVID back in March or April. They tested everybody there, and she didn't even have any symptoms. My grandmother, think about that. So So she's okay? It's it's crazy, you know, with that woman was talking about with all these people in the nursing homes. But then the hypocrisy, a lot of these leaders that we're looking at, you know, you look at the definition of of hypocrisy, their pictures should come up. And I think I heard uh, Chris Wallace say that yesterday, and I I laughed at that.
2: So, Thomas, lastly, what do you think it says to kids when you hide? I mean, people are going to have obstacles in life. And there's a way to handle it. You got to have a plan B, whether it's a devastating fire, earthquake, a flood, natural disaster. But what you do is you take action. You go to another place. You work your way back. You find another job. Whatever it is, you get new clothes. But now with this, all you do is give up everything and hide. Don't you think we're giving the kids the wrong message? When in trouble, run for the hills. Hide in the basement.
15: Yeah, I mean, we, I, I, we need to teach kids grit and how to deal, you know, to deal with life's adversities. Now, yes, I understand. I don't want to be unsympathetic to the fact that a lot of people have died. But, you know, we see the statistics here. It's like 99.9 something percent likelihood that that a child, nothing's going to happen to them when they get COVID, right? Um, but now, you know, he, now here they are living in a society where fear is being infiltrated into their thought processes, right? So what's going to happen the next, you know, the next thing that comes around the corner um, after our kids have been inside, socially uh, socially isolated, not not talking to any of their peers, afraid to go anywhere, is that going to now set the standard in their in their brain, in their psychology that the, the everything out there is, is doom and gloom and fear and worry? Or are we going to find out a way to teach them how to be strong, how to develop grit, and how to remove fear from their mental repertoire?
2: It would help, uh, Thomas. Thanks so much. And lastly, for those who are going to get together uh, with family on Thanksgiving and Christmas and realize they voted for opposite people in our opposite party, do you recommend engaging or ignoring? Oh, I mean,
14: I, I, oh, 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 to
15: a, to a party. Oh, they're engaging. We're adults here. You know what I mean? Like I, you know, I have people like me. I, I consider myself a pretty smart, emotionally intelligent person. Now, if somebody has different political views than I do. I am not going to get angry about that. When I keep hearing all this stuff about everybody can heal now, I don't have to heal from anything. I don't have anger and hate in me. I can have a, a, a conversation with people. Um, so I would you know, instruct people to engage. And if somebody gets vitriol with you and they start getting loud with you, you know, just try to remain calm yourself. The only thing we can control is ourselves, and maybe teach that lesson to that person that that can't handle, um, you know, hearing something that that you don't agree with.
2: I hear you. Uh, Thomas Kirsting, thanks so much. Family therapist who's worked in schools for years. He wrote the book, Disconnected, How to Protect Your Kids Against the Harmful Effects of Device Dependency. And now we're telling those kids to take out that device and Zoom uh, Zoom for school. Fantastic. Uh, tough situation, okay. Thomas. Thanks so much.
15: Hey, Brian, appreciate it. Be no, well. No Have... problem.
2: 1-866-408-7669. 1-866-408-7669. Get on the line. What do you think about these closures? What do you think about the election? What do you think? Are you part of the 70% who think the election was stolen from the president? Don't move.
1: Getting past all the rhetoric.
0: It's Brian Kilmeade. From the Fox News Podcasts Network. Download and listen to The One with Craig Gutfeld, the co-host of The Five, like you've never heard him before. You know him. You love him. You want to be like him. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. From his mouth to, to your
1: ears, ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. Mistletoe is not happening. A seller in England is kissing goodbye to Christmas sales. The town of Tenbury Wells
8: has been the center of mistletoe, mistletoe sales in West Central England since Victorian times. And for the first time in memory, a mistletoe auctioneer said he's had to cancel the annual sales because of the coronavirus. People who are social distancing obviously cannot kiss under the mistletoe. Nick Champion predicts that he will sell 75% less mistletoe than normal. Calls it really rather sad. He's actually one of the farmers. I went and looked up that rather sad quote. He seems most disappointed about only being able to kiss your wife or partner this holiday season. He says, (laughs) you might be able to kiss your wife or partner. It seems a bit sad.
2: All right, it's a long way to go.
7: COVID's hitting. People around the world in all different industries. Did you ever think about the mistletoe industry? I did
2: not think about it. I was thinking about investing heavily, so I'll, I'll probably put all of my money into pot.
7: Probably but a better investment.
2: It might be. <laughs> right, Glenn listening in northeast Pennsylvania. Hey, Glenn.
7: Hey, Brian. How are you today?
2: Good. What's on your mind? Well, you know, you're asking a good, good question. You know, I did vote for Trump. And, uh, you know, your, your question
14: about whether uh, the election was stolen or not, and 70% of people believe it. You know there probably was some fraud, but you know I know there are those that believe in the deep state,
2: and uh, but you know I look at Nancy Pelosi; she can't even run San Francisco, let alone you know try to plan a, a global pandemic. I just think it's time for Trump to move on and you know have a have a good chance of running in twenty twenty four because if he growls out base uh, you know gracefully and show, and becomes a little bit more presidential, I think he's going to have a better shot at. 2024 then trying to uh, turn this election let's, I
14: think the American public is sick of politics and it's time to move on.
2: I hear you uh, and let's see if there's something there. If they could show me the Dominion thing flipped hundreds of thousands of votes uh, game on but they only have a few more days to do it. Uh, thanks so much for the call uh, Let's go to Elizabeth in New York. Hey Elizabeth
16: Hi Brian um, Just wanted to let you know how much I love your show
10: Thank you. And
16: um, I hope my call to you today, I guess, is I hope that you continue because we are seeing some journalists that are not being very good to the American people. And to me personally, I think you are giving all sides. Um, I think that. I was very disappointed in Kristen Fisher yesterday and the comments she made about it was colorful um, and making fun of Rudy Juliana. We don't, I, I was very disappointed in her. And um, I just hope that you continue, like you said, if they show us something with the signs. but what I think, yeah. but what I think people, Trump is a human being. And the things that have happened to him I know. in the last four years, no one would be able to be, to, to think 100% accurately in presidential. Um, the things that have happened to him, I don't think anybody would be able to act like the perfect person. So I still give gotcha. him a lot of credit. And like you say, if something comes with this Dominion, fine. If not, that guy put up with a lot.
2: Let's find out if there's more to know. More to know. Zillow is surfing, uh, says surfing is the biggest escape we all need right now. Millions of people have spent far more time at home than expected. Quote, I go to neighborhoods that obviously I can't afford as a college student. I look at my ideal house and fantasize about what that is uh, going to be, says this one young one woman. She's likely not alone in that. Zillow usage has climbed since March. You know, Zillow is the service that gives you a... 360 degree look at almost every house on the planet comparable shop and all
7: basically if they're for sale or not if they're ever for sale it's there it's listed it's, it's I mean I'm guilty of it
2: always it's fun next Tiger Woods and his son Charlie who's 11 now will play together at the PNC Golf Championship this is fantastic on Wednesday, the golf pro revealed that his 11-year-old son will team up with him at the PNC. You know, he's big uh, big into his kids. December 17th through the 20th, it's a father-son challenge designed to bring together PGA Tour and LPGA uh, athletes. But here's a little different. You'd watch that, right?
7: I would. It's the first time they're going to compete together, one. And then, two, um, apparently, Charlo's already made a name for himself and is an accomplished junior golfer in Florida. And Tiger has been seen being his caddy.
2: And remember, his. without his dad, there is no Tiger Woods. And Tiger always said, if I wanted to be punished, as if they wanted to punish me as a kid, they would stop me from practicing as opposed to make him practice. I wonder if Charlie is the same way. I know his grandmother's still around and still quite active. So we'll see if that work ethic and talent goes through the family. Uh, Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Go to com. Listen anytime, anywhere
0: it's the hammer time podcast fox news channels bill hammer takes you one-on-one with engaging personalities covering the critical issues of the day find hammer time now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com america's listening to fox news from the fox news radio
1: studios in new york city giving you opinions and facts with a positive approach it's brian kilmeade Thanks
2: so much for listening, everybody. It's the Brian Kilmeade Show coming to you from New York, heard around the country, heard around the world. Uh, will Kane will be joining us, one of the new up-and-coming stars of Fox News. Andy McCarthy will tell us what the president has in terms of legally, what hurdles he has to clear in order to uh, make his case to the American public as that December 6th or December 14th final deadline comes where everybody has to certify their vote for their uh, state, but most are under the impression the president has not made his case strong enough yet or at least without evidence yet. So we'll talk about that. Meanwhile, we do have some news. Uh, Senator Rick Scott really heading up a lot of the strategy in Georgia has tested positive for the coronavirus. So let's hope the symptoms are mild and he get back to work quick. So let's get to the big three.
1: Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. It's really incredible. We have
3: two vaccines that are 95% efficacious, that are safe, and that appear to work in elderly. We're going to have tens of millions of doses by the end of the year, and this is really the light at the end of the tunnel.
2: Uh, Admiral Brett Girard uh, talking about COVID-19 vaccine, FDA approval on the way. Meanwhile, parents and kids, business owners and workers worry, worry that they're going to get shut down by their city, their state, their county, and it's out of their control. Why I believe staying open and living life is the only way to fight this China plague.
6: Number
4: two. But I think Joe Biden is right to say we should all make an effort to listen to the other side. But when you have a current president whose entire style is to fan division, that's hard while he's on the stage.
2: Right. At least everyone could bring us together like Barack Obama coming together. President Obama says Joe Biden's bringing us together. Really? Where? Where? All I see is radicals demanding in a defiant squad left wing. Demands on the unrest, all in the Democratic Party. Thanks, Joe.
14: Number one.
5: Joe Biden is in the lead because of the fraudulent ballots, the illegal ballots that were produced and that were allowed to be used after the election was over. Give us an opportunity to prove it in court, and we will. Rudy
2: Giuliani still fighting the Trump team lays out their opening argument to overturn election results. But the problem is they have two weeks to max out and come up with some evidence because they need a closing argument or else there's going to they're going to just run out of runway. So and we'll see about that. So we saw that presentation yesterday. I may have missed it. There are a lot of accusations. If true would be devastating, but we just don't know if they're true yet. Something else is happening in, in Michigan. So much uh, so many disturbing things were taking place. Uh, in, one, in Wayne County specifically, they have two delegates, of uh, the board of governors, canvassers, that will not will not certify the results. And they got ridiculed, they got doxed, everything exposed, their families, all this stuff, uh, their home addresses, and they're not giving up. So the President of the United States appreciated their courage and invited them to the White House today. William Harmon is one of them. Cut eight.
15: We've had some other people come along and look into those things, and uh, normally when we get you know, our when we're
3: at the meeting, we get what's called an over under report. And uh, we didn't get that report this year or this time. Instead, we were given it orally and we had to record everything by
2: hand. So that uh, made them wonder about the final results. Monica Palmer too, cut seven.
7: He's used his social media platform to repeatedly dox me, uh, post my phone number my home address, my email address, and encourage people to stop by my house and share their anger with me.
2: Isn't that nice? called you a racist too. So they're gonna come visit the White House. The president appreciates it. He does not trust those final tally in Michigan. But it's not gonna be enough to stop anything. But Ronald McDaniel said it is enough to be disturbing, especially if you're the president of the United States and you compete and cannot believe you lost. Cut nine.
7: Michigan actually we just had the board of canvassers meet in Detroit. And 71% of the precincts in Detroit did not reconcile. So, what does that mean? The poll book said this many absentee ballots went out in Detroit, 100, but 200 came back. How does that happen in 71% of the precincts? So, the two Republicans on the board said, we're not going to certify the election.
2: So, that's a problem. But is it enough to overturn an election when you lose Georgia, Michigan? Wisconsin's being recounted Georgia got recounted but it's it narrowed just a little bit the president's got a, a deficit of twelve thousand seven hundred now instead of over thirteen thousand they found you know 20 to 26 and then 27 and then 500 more votes that just were not counted and they most the, most of them the majority of which went to President Trump but yesterday I just didn't see any I didn't see any substance there that would say okay now I got it now the one who made the the most uh, I guess, searing indictments about the entire system is Sidney Powell. She was talking about the Dominion software. And the Dominion software, she says, it flipped votes. Cut three.
6: One of its most characteristic features is, is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm that had been plugged into the system. And that's what caused them to have to shut down in the states they shut down in.
2: Look, she's a no-nonsense lawyer, but I just don't know where the proof of that is. That would be the devastating operation that would change an election. I just, you, gotta, you can't just throw that out there and not prove it, and I think that would be the next step. If he doesn't, she really they really did the president injustice. Rudy, too. If they have the evidence, great. It, but they got to pro- produce it soon, and I'm not talking in two weeks. So who's going to bring this country together? Is it Joe Biden?
4: According to Barack Obama, he's already doing it. Really? Cut 13. But I think Joe Biden is right to say that we should all make an effort to do our best to lower the temperature and listen to the other side. Right, listen to the other side. And is it working?
2: Listening to the other side. Hmm. Let me see. It happened yesterday to flip around a little bit. And on the Democratic side is the group of people they they affectionately call themselves affectionately the Squad. And I don't really think they're looking to get along. In fact, I think they seem kind of angry. Cut nineteen.
12: I don't want anybody here to think that we're not winning because let me tell you something we're winning it's working it's happening that's what our next move is, is to make sure that the Biden administration keeps its promise we know that we don't just make that demand and walk away we have to organize for it we have to bring the heat for it I urge you all to continue raising this issue because we hear you we are here with you, and we stand by you. We're going to make sure that the Biden administration sticks to our timeline, is moving towards our timeline. And so I ask all of you, do not move from the needle. Do not. We are more than them.
2: Yeah. Congratulations. If I'm Kevin McCarthy every day, I get a mic stand out and a microphone, and I say, listen, you could use anything you want. If you want to use my stage, go ahead. You want to use my time? You got it. Because... That agenda does not fly with any moderate. even most liberals new green deal, no planes, no cars getting rid of oil oil and gas as in yesterday put on impossible regulations, redistribute wealth, forgive all loans, pay people not to work, give people a guaranteed wage. Do you realize with that calculus those, those economic principles have no have no future here? you do. We saw the way everyone voted. You saw that almost 12 or more, maybe 20 seats flipped to Dem- Republicans. They were there maybe six or seven when this was all done, when Lee Zeldin wins his race and Garbarino is up big time in New York and Peter King's seat. When some of these other seats come in, I mean, this is going to be so close. The squad doesn't exist, but they will have power. Because if the squad doesn't go along with it, Nancy Pelosi is going to have to get Republicans. 1-866-408-7669. I want to see what legal case the president has that looks the most promising. That's why I asked uh, Andy McCarthy to be with us, and, and he will uh, join us shortly. The other good news is about the vaccine and the virus. Today, the FDA is going to get a request, an application from, uh, from Pfizer, because they want to be the vaccine holder. And once again, and once they get the green light— If you take vaccines, take this one, because I guarantee you it's going to be safe. Nobody will put their company's future on the line if it starts having negative effects. It'll do two shots. But right after this comes the third one will be Johnson & Johnson. Then Moderna will be next. And also Eli Lilly has come up with a. Uh, therapeutic that supposedly just got a green light by the FDA. So a lot of exciting things are happening, and I know we're nervous about it. The case is going up in all 50 states, and that's where we hear. Uh But to me, you work through it. You don't hide from it. When we come back, Andy McCarthy, then Will Cain, and then in between your calls, one And also, I'm kind of worried about our, our past Because history is under attack with Barack, with Joe Biden. He doesn't care about our history. If they insist on putting this whole 1619 mindset into 17 instead of 1776, I worry about it. If you want your own uh, action plan, start with uh, go to BrianKilme.com. Order any of my history books. You'll find out and also watch the series on Fox Nation, What Made America Great. Don't move.
1: Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. Jason in the House, the
3: Jason Chaffetz podcast. Dive deeper than the headlines and the party lines as I take on American life, politics, and entertainment. Subscribe now on foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts.
1: A talk show that's real. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
5: We cannot let this happen to us. We cannot allow these crooks, because that's what they are, to steal an election from the American people. They elected Donald Trump. They didn't elect Joe Biden. Joe Biden is in the lead because of the fraudulent ballots, the illegal ballots that were produced and that were allowed to be used after the election was over. Give us an opportunity to prove it in court, and we will. But are
2: they heading there? And how do you get to court? I mean, what is going to be the approach? Because a lot of these cases are not going anywhere. Andy McCarthy, Fox News contributor, former assistant U.S. attorney for the Southern District of New York, knows Rudy Giuliani quite well, all through a ball of collusion. Andy, from what you saw yesterday, what is the, the area in which is the most ripe to pursue?
14: Ryan, I think it's the uh, it's the ballot envelopes. And I say that because... Even though, weirdly, they didn't allude to this uh, yesterday that I detected during the press conference, and even though the um, the litigation in Pennsylvania has been kind of a hot mess with the way they've changed their position multiple times this week, uh, I learned early this morning, early, early this morning, Brian, um, that they actually um, filed an amended complaint. The judge hasn't approved it yet, but they have filed it in court uh, in Pennsylvania to reinstate the counts, the fraud counts that they had stripped out last weekend, which I thought at the time was very curious because they didn't leave themselves they didn't leave themselves enough of a case that it would have overcome Biden's lead. Um, so what they've done as of uh, late Wednesday night, apparently, is file new complaint. That reinstates those fraud counts and that puts in more fraud counts and asks for expedited discovery and specifically uh, for the state to produce the million and a half uh, ballots that we're talking about the envelopes at least, so they can do things like match up you know how many how many ballots did they get versus how many people actually voted? Uh, they want to put in some evidence from people who uh, they identified yesterday as witnesses who can say that this, that, or the other procedure that was uh, followed was fraudulent. And they want to be able to put all that evidence in and then ask the judge either to knock out thousands and thousands of ballots or, and I think this is a real stretch, uh, declare basically that the election was so pervasively fraudulent that it has to be voided and have the state legislature of Pennsylvania uh, choose the electors rather than uh, have it be chosen by the supposedly tainted election. So So, that's where they're at.
2: So you just found out that this morning, they're going back to Pennsylvania and they're going to expand it again. But are you convinced the grounds are something that might have a lawyer side with them?
14: Well, I don't think Brian, that they've done enough on this, you know, this whole dominion smartmatic theory. Mm -hmm. I don't see anything that they've produced so far that would, get them into court. Uh, I do think they've made made allegations about these ballots and the way that they were handled. And in the law, usually the burden of proof is put on the uh, party that's in the best position to, to produce the evidence. So what they're saying is, look, we have what the Trump people are saying is, look, we have all this testimony that we're ready to proceed with. What we don't have are the ballots. The state has those. So what they're trying to do is get the state, uh, get the judge to order the state to produce them. Now, Brian, I don't know if the judge is going to go along with this because the judge wanted this kind of information Tuesday, and he was hoping to have a hearing on Thursday and have this wrapped up by today or tomorrow. And the way they've kind of dragged their feet a bit, it's late. And, you know, the big problem here is Pennsylvania is supposed to certify its votes under Pennsylvania law by Monday. Um, And it's unusual for a federal court to interfere uh, in a state procedure like that unless there's a really, really good reason supported by a really sound uh, basis of evidence. So it'll be interesting to see what Judge Brand does as early as today, I would think.
2: So here's what Sidney Powell is saying about Dominion. says he uh, flipped—let's listen to a little of this. Cut through, he flipped— So many votes against Trump, cut three.
6: One of its most characteristic features is its ability to flip votes. It can set and run an algorithm that probably ran all over the country to take a certain percentage of votes from President Trump and flip them to President Biden, which we might never have uncovered had the votes for President Trump not been so overwhelming in so many of these states that it broke the algorithm.
2: So how do you prove that? And where do you go from there?
14: Where does
6: that yeah, come from? The
14: problem. The, the, Sydney's a very good appellate lawyer, so I'm sure she's um, mindful. Uh, although you know, it's easy for me to say this in the peanut gallery. She's the one who's up under the hot light, so I, I sympathize with her. But when you start saying things like "probably" and the the capabilities that something has, rather than being able to say. X thing happened, and I can prove it by the following. Um, The the problem you run into in court is you're not going to – a court's going to say you don't have standing to make these claims because under the Constitution, a court can only adjudicate a claim if somebody is alleging a concrete, particularized, non-conjectural harm. So if you're alleging something that didn't hurt you in particular – but hurt like the whole society, as uh, like your member, one member of a society that got hurt by some policy, you can't go to court on that. It's got to be a harm that's particular to you. And if you're talking about something that probably happened or may have happened, what courts are going to say is that's too conjectural. Get back to us when you have a, a you know concrete evidence of some damage that really occurred. So. From what I'm hearing, from what she's saying so far, I think they're going to have a real problem getting standing. Um, and it's just as well, because if they don't have evidence, it'll be a route.
2: Yeah, there's uh, only a couple of weeks left. They said it was an opening argument, but they're going to have to have a closing one pretty quick. Andy, thanks so yep. much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Brian. Andy McCarthy helping us make heads or tails about what the president is up against as he tries to get four more years in office. When we return, Will Kane will be with us and also be able to weave in some calls. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show.
0: Fox Nation presents Podcasts, Women of the Bible Speak.
7: I'm Shannon Bream, host of Fox News at Night and author of the new book, Women of the Bible Speak, the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, foxnewspodcast.com, or wherever you download your podcasts.
1: A radio show like no other. It's Brian Kilmeade.
14: So we need to put the rest any concept
9: that this was rushed in an inappropriate way. This is really solid. Now, what does that mean for us? We
2: now, as the Vice President said, are telling you that help is on the way, which has two aspects to it. It means that we need to actually double down on the public health measures as we're waiting for that help to come, which will be soon. We'll be getting vaccine doses into people at high priority at the end of December. We're not talking about shutting down the country. So it's amazing. Anthony Fauci, a lot more upbeat now these days. It's incredible. Will Kane is here, co host of Fox and Fred's Weekend. If you're smart enough to get Fox Nation, you see him in person. Uh, will, welcome. Good morning. So good news right? the vaccine's come coming. The cavalry, if I can quote Anthony Fauci, the cavalry's on its way. That is good news. It'll be
17: interesting, as we talked about this morning on Fox and Friends, how many people are ready to take the vaccine, how many people question the vaccine. You know what's interesting about that, Brian? I don't think it's a partisan issue. I know that people like Governor Andrew Cuomo have seeded doubts, sowed doubts. Irresponsibly. Incredibly irresponsibly for political purposes for quite some time now. But I think there are people on both sides of the political aisle that have lost so much trust in institutions. And I mean this at every level, political electoral obviously media institutions academic institutions there's americans who've lost faith and trust in so many different aspects of our society that that will apply regardless of your political background or your partisan affiliation to this vaccine as well well i would
2: think this uh the trump supporters will say that's my guy that gave it to us and then if it happens to overlap if donald trump doesn't find a way to reverse what's happening with the election If Joe Biden's in charge, they'll say, well, Biden's given it to me and Trump came up with it. It might be the perfect mind meld.
17: That's a, I would say, optimistic and rosy way to look at it, that you'll be able to say it's not assigned to any one administration. Or you could look at it in a pessimistic way and say— it's going to give both sides
2: a reason to doubt the vaccine. Well, that that would really be. Yeah, you are not pessimistic, so why are you <laughs> pretending? Uh, why are you pretending that you are? Uh, but there's been no national shutdown as Joe Biden. The president, obviously, much to the chagrin of many people, doesn't want to shut down. But what they're doing is shutting down gradually. They're just not saying it. I mean, in Michigan, you, you can, uh, anyone above eighth grade has got to go home. You know they're going to begin to shut down gyms again. They said in New York, we're going to shut down restaurants and gyms, indoor dining shortly, within two weeks. Okay, thank you for that even you know, though numbers are incredible uh incredibly low and in a lot of these states and you know in california nobody's going to school so they say it's not a national lockdown but we're gradually getting a lockdown
17: don't you think it's valuable every once in a while to step back from the news cycle i talk about this with my friends can we all just take a moment and look around at what we've accepted over a 10-month time frame brian take an account of our lives. Our kids are not in school in defiance of the science. Our businesses are shut down 50, 60, 70 percent never to come back. We have national curfews, and I don't know how many states now where we have to be in our homes by 10 p.m. Do you know... In California, 10 to 5. Do you know that if you and I went out right now and went to a bar and decided to get a beer, which I hope to do with you at some point, we have to order a food item by order of Governor Andrew Cuomo. I do this with some of my buddies, and we sit there and marvel at the fact that we have to have the nachos. And by the way, if you doubt that you should have to have the nachos. Well, you don't believe in the coronavirus and you don't take this pandemic seriously. And so in order to fight the coronavirus, I guess I'll have the nachos. This is insanity. Just take a moment, man. Step back and see what we've accepted from an authoritarian standpoint. If you think this is sane, I think you are
2: insane. Right. And if you aren't wondering where this is headed, you are a sheep. Uh, absolutely. So here we are two weeks later, we have not heard much from the president. Do You think ever will we would ever go this long without hearing from the president? We haven't. Remember, for the longest time, they said, Mr. President, just keep your eye on the ball and don't do this, don't do that, and he would go off. Now, for the last two weeks, almost nothing. He's going to make, uh, he's going to do a presser today uh, and talk about prescription drug prices, but no worries if he's going to take any questions. Why do you think that is? Why do you think he hasn't spoken yet?
17: I don't know. I think that's a good question. I think the president has tweeted a ton. So we've heard of him or heard from him on his Twitter feed. Maybe the president isn't quite ready to tell us exactly his perspective on the outcome of this election, to tell us what he thinks about how this will all shake out. You know, I think it is all tied to what the outcome of these legal challenges to the election will be. I think that is the answer. I'm not sure what the answer is, but it leads us to whatever the eventual answer is to why we haven't heard from the president. And I think we're all caught in this news cycle, Brian, and you and I have talked about it a little bit on these legal challenges, how serious they are, how much truth is behind them. And I think my perspective on it is this. I think we have to go into everything with an open mind and a willingness to hear the evidence. And I think we do. I think you do. I think I am. Let's hear. Exactly. What your case is, Mrs. Powell? But
2: you're a lawyer. I am. Did you hear enough in that presser that they did? They, did, they should have made that crisp. Rudy comes out, 15 minutes tops. Then here's, uh, and then then you get uh, Jenna Ellis, and then you get uh, Sidney Powell. Boom, boom, boom. This is exactly what it is. Went on way too long. Having said that, what did you hear from the legal perspective that said, okay, they they have a lot to go on or nothing to go on?
17: Well, I heard very serious charges, and I think Jonathan Turley made an interesting point on his blog. He may have brought it up on your show this morning, Brian. The charges are so serious that what they amount to is that if they are false, Dominion voting systems, for example, could sue for defamation. They are criminal liability charges that are defamation per se. So the only defense against defamation is truth. So interestingly, Dominion could put everyone on notice day on what the actual truth is and if they choose not to sue for defamation that, that says be, something I think that, that I don't think it is dispositive I think there are a lot of people that accuse of things that don't choose to sue and it's not it's not you know evidence of the fact per se it's not a conclusion but it says something
2: So their statement yesterday says the latest flood of absurdities is deeply concerning, not just the Dominion, but also for our dedicated state and local partners in the electoral process. Dominion is plainly a nonpartisan American company with no ties to Venezuela or Cuba. Vote counts are conducted by county by county, by state officials, not by Dominion or any other election technology. They went on to say that the other... Uh, the other is Votomatic or whatever it's called. They Smartmatic. Said, Smartmatic. They they are a competitor. says, I'm not working with them. We're a competitor. But if they sue, there are problems with Dominion. There have been problems in the past. And the thing I imagine, if they sue and people go, okay, good. I do have a problem. Two years ago you did this. Two years ago your software did that. So they could bring a lot of people in discovery that makes Dominion look bad. And I found this story that in 2019 that Amy Klobuchar, Senator Peters, and Senator Warner came out and said, why do we buy this Dominion software? They were drawing questions about it some time ago. In 2019. Right. right. So does Dominion really want to say, oh, do I want that examination? So, as
17: Sidney Powell told Maria Bartiromo this morning, they have two weeks to provide this evidence before certification of the vote in most of these states. And she feels confident they'll be able to provide that evidence in the next two-week time frame.
2: I want you to hear what Tucker said about Sidney Powell. So she came out yesterday and had these allegations. She has this great reputation, but she had no proof yet. So evidently, Tucker called her and said, if you have proof, I I want to give you the time. So this is what he said yesterday, Cut Five.
8: So we invited Sidney Powell on the show. We would have given her the whole hour. We would have given her the entire week, actually, and listened quietly the whole time at rapt attention. That's a big story. But she never sent us any evidence, despite a lot of requests, polite requests, not a page. When we kept pressing, she got angry and told us to stop contacting her. When we checked with others around the Trump campaign, people in positions of authority, they told us Powell has never given them any evidence either, nor did she provide any today at the press conference. Powell did say that electronic voting is dangerous, and she's right. We're with her there. But she never demonstrated that a single actual vote was moved illegitimately by software from one candidate to another, not one. Why are we telling you this we're telling you this because it's true and in the end that's all that matters the truth it's our only hope it's our best defense and it's how we're different from them we care what's true and we know you care too that's
2: why we told you so my worry is the president is being told that there's some there there and that's why he's holding the line and Wisconsin's got a vote in two separate counties, three million dollars, Pennsylvania's being explored. Andy McCarthy just told us they, they uh they expanded the fraud allegations in, in Pennsylvania. And we know in Georgia the president could, might be demanding a third recount, only wants people to examine the signatures. So I worry that he's counting on his legal team and they might just be spinning our wheels because the country could use to get on track again, turn the page, help with transition. My feeling, Will, is as nothing wrong with the president continuing to fight and still turn over information for the transition team for COVID-19 research as well as national security. Why make yourself vulnerable six months down the line if something negative happens to say, wow, if we only got the transition material in time? So –
17: Setting aside the transition for just a moment, which I agree with you, you can continue the fight while allowing a seamless potential transition to take place. Let me say this. Um, I think for most Americans, including myself, when you look at this, it doesn't, and I understand the power of this word and the limitations of this word, it doesn't feel right. What does that mean? It doesn't feel right. It means you look at an election that went like this, 150 million votes cast, blowing out of the water voter turnout from American history, 80 million almost votes for Joe Biden and 73 million votes for Donald Trump. Inside of that 150 million vote turnout, massive mail-in balloting to historical proportions. Inside of that mail-in balloting, a lowering of the standards of the rejection rate for ballots across states. Just a quick example of that. We've seen 6% rejection in 2016 in Georgia drops to something like 0.5% rejection rate in Georgia in 2020. Why? Signature verifications, curing of ballots. It all adds up to something highly different than we've ever seen in the past. And then when you see a candidate that did not campaign, let's be honest, did not campaign. And was terrible when he did. Terrible. He yelled at you the whole time. And that adds up to historic voter turnout. Granted, it could simply be historic voter turnout as a referendum on Donald Trump, but that adds up to historic voter turnout. Everyone is sitting here with their eyebrows raised, ready to see the evidence. What Tucker said last night, I thought was spot on. He said he's the most open-minded show. They do segments on UFOs. And I think that's the way we should be. You shouldn't be dismissive of these claims like so much in the mainstream media. Wave your hand at it quickly. You should be open to hearing the evidence. But then the burden goes to Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani that within some period of time, not to us, not the media, but to a court of law that evidence has to be presented. That's the right way to go about this story.
2: And let's look at that period of time. December 8th, uh, the states are supposed to have resolved any disputes December 14th electors finally cast Their votes will the president Deny the transition uh, Co-mingling will he deny That we'll have to see uh, Right now we have not heard from him we'll probably see The president at some point today uh, Will Kane's going to stick around a little bit he's got to host his Show he's going to give us a preview of What's going to be happening this weekend he's going to be hosting Eight hours in two days not many People think they can do that Will <laughs> thinks He can we're going to find out The answer in just a moment
1: Expanding your knowledge base. It's Brian Kilmeade. The more you listen, the more you'll know. It's Brian Kilmeade. The thing about Obama is nobody is better at saying nothing
3: than Obama. If, if there was a Hall of Fame for people that delivered no message, but in a in a in a, a fantastic package, I think that's obama
2: and that was Adam Kroll last night, and he is just amazed that Barack Obama did twenty nine hours of his book on tape, <laughs> and it's only volume one he's got to get through volume two no twenty nine yes. hours for volume one
17: for volume one. I don't even think volume two's done yet, so Do you remember towards the end of his presidency, people talk about the words per minute like when he started as president in 08 he spoke at i don't know what clip it was but it was a quicker rate per minute words per minute by the end he was down to a very slow pace of speaking yeah. um i'm looking at i'm looking at thomas jefferson the triple pirates andrew jackson and the miracle of new orleans and sam houston the alamo avengers which i've listened to on tape by the way what is the longest one
2: Ah, uh, the first one,
17: and how long? How many hours?
2: I don't know. Let me see. Two and a half days, six to twelve. I would, would probably fourteen. 14? Fourteen. Fourteen. Let me see. No, no.
17: And that was volume four, one. Four,
2: I'd say eleven. <laughs> uh, maybe eleven hours. So it's Monday, Tuesday, and then half a Wednesday, and then they have. And you have fixes. So, but
17: as a listener, it's eleven hours. You think?
2: No. Not? No, no. I'm actually to record it. Good question. How long? Because
17: you- you're telling me it's twenty nine hours for me to listen to Barack Obama. Do volume one, right? No. Oh, yeah,
2: I guess it is. That's what it it, is. Yeah. So I'm thinking about how long did it take to record it?
17: No, I'm talking about as a listener to ingest it. Wow.
2: (laughs) And he, by by the way, he sold 890,000 copies, which is slightly ahead of Michelle's. But what I think that he has done, and you talk about changing the presidency, what about him? He was like a stand-up comedian mocking in 2018 and 2020, mocking Trump. George Bush do that Did Bill Clinton, do that Did Jimmy Carter, do that. I mean, he did. He
17: did. He He broke
2: that mold there. You know, Trump, Trump brings out the worst in his opponents. But this is ridiculous. And Joe Biden clearly couldn't keep
17: up. That's interesting what you said, because it is true. Trump does bring out the worst in his opponents. Here's the question. Do you think he creates it or reveals it? I think even when it comes to the media. Does he reveal their bias or create their bias? I think he reveals it. I think it was already there. And he essentially made them take off their masks.
2: You know what I'm just thinking of now? We are watching the same, you know, Sidney Powell we've seen her, Rudy Giuliani we've seen her, seen him, and then Jenna Ellis we've seen him. We have not seen the, the Trump family.
17: So... Uh, Lara Trump's been out there. right? Really?
2: Um, Have you seen Lara Trump? I know. I know this big story today is that she's going to run for that uh, right. Senator Burr seat in North Carolina, perhaps. Right. But uh, you thought the family would be leading the charge. They haven't been. He has been invisible, and the family's been invisible. I mean, you asked really me st-
17: why a minute ago. That's a fascinating
2: question. And Milani and they decide to stay at the White House for Thanksgiving. They always try to get out of the White House. Right. Usually. I mean, not that he's against it, but he's always like, I got a nicer place right. in New yeah. Jersey. I got a better place in Florida. I'm not moving, and I'm not talking. So
17: that is fascinating. Right. I don't know the answer to why. So,
2: do you find me generally fascinating, or are you just talking about that point in particular? I mean,
17: this morning when I was watching Fox and Friends, the main takeaway I had was that shirt tie combo is amazing. I mean, look at the blue and red and white striped shirt with a red tie. I'm like, Look at that but guy. But you know what? Only the, outdone by Hegseth's, you know, picnic coat. This is table the goal, coat.
2: which I don't think I was successful at. It's more of a cranberry rather than a bright. This is great for audio. Do you have – but we are on Fox Nation. Don't put down Fox Nation. It's no, right no, behind no. you. Uh, Will, yeah. who's on the show this weekend?
17: Kaylee McEnany, Mike Huckabee, and your partner in crime, Steve Ducey. He's going to
2: be doing something – a Cooking. demo?
17: Yeah, I think so. At home? So, I, uh, I think that's
2: right. Right, but you're not interacting with the demo.
17: Right. Uh, yes, he's left food for us in the fridge. He said so this morning on the show. Oh, really? Which I should have been paying you attention to. You weren't listening to, to right. it, yeah, right. well,
2: Because we had that awkward six fox situation. Are you, so we for- look like the
17: Brady Bunch for real. That we there's six of us, three on top, three in the what's bottom. What's the big difference? No, no Alice.
2: No Alice, who used to burst through basically the middle box, right? Right, and just and then she'd look around too.
17: So what you really need to do, you could do 15 minutes on this, and you won't lose a single listener. Who at Fox should play the role of Alice? <laughs> Right? <laughs> this is pretty, very interesting.
2: Right? And be so, so happy, by I the way. I dare you to answer that, by the way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know what I love today? The wince that Pete Hegseth showed when someone reminded me he had seven kids. Oh, that's <laughs> They right. said, Pete, you have seven kids. How do you feel about going to school? He literally winced. He winced?
17: Yeah. <laughs> Which would put him only second behind Rachel Campos-Duffy, who has nine kids. <laughs> ah, ah, who has
2: nine kids. Who's going to get fined if she has Thanksgiving in <laughs> her own right. house She can't have in Wisconsin? Right. Please, uh, don't go to jail, Rachel. Just tell two kids to wait outside. Rotate them in. Uh, Will, we're going to watch you this weekend. All right, man. Thank you. Are you ready for eight hours?
17: I'm, I got some time to prep.
5: Perfect.